Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access with a broadcast partner from News Radio 1059 WBBM, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll break down the Week 11 matchup between the Bears and the Ravens at Soldier Field. Our pregame at 9, kickoff at noon on WBBM. Thanks to our producers, Jordan Trudup, Dan Barelli, and the folks here at The Score. Coming up on the program tonight, we'll be joined by rookie right tackle Larry Borum and also the voice of the Baltimore Ravens, Jerry Sandusky. Lots to break down coming out of the bye week, Tom, and I thought it was interesting today up at Hallis Hall, the coordinators speak. So you got Sean Desai, you got uh, Bill Lazor, and, and you got Chris Tabor all being asked questions of something that happened 10, 11 days ago in Pittsburgh. They're on the Baltimore, and I, I get it. Writers want to fill their their stories and fill in the blanks to their stories for the week about what happened in that, that Steelers game. And a lot happened. And a lot happened good in the second half, especially offensively, that we hope will carry in past the bye week into the final eight games of the year. But you know, from a player or a coaching perspective, to go back at a game before the bye week and break it down, how, how difficult is that? How difficult would it be for you? Because you want to talk about the next thing. Yeah, but it's fresh in the memory of every one of those coordinators. So if there's a question that someone wants answered, yeah, they can ask them, but it is about moving on to the next event. And when you look at all three of these guys, Tabor's going against a head coach who's a special teams coordinator by trade. They have the most exciting and explosive quarterback in the game right now that Sean Desai, first-time defensive coordinator, has to get prepared to go against. And then you have Bill Lazor, who's calling the plays for a blitz-happy, blitz-heavy physical football team. It's unbelievable what all these guys have at stake and what this game really means to get a judgment of where you're at. Well, there is a lot to unpack in that team. They're in first place, and they are coming off a, a loss to Miami, and the Dolphins really threw the kitchen sink at them. That really got our attention as well. Do you feel that the Bears can do anything related to that against Lamar Jackson? I, I hope they at least attempt it, because when you go back and you look at that Miami game you know, from last Thursday, they had a defensive game plan that I've never seen before. You don't go up there and line everybody up in the line of scrimmage. Then you have a row of three or four defensive backs. And there's a separation of space in between because there is no linebackers at the linebacker depth. It was an unbelievable game plan that the Miami Dolphins went and chanced their, uh, their aggressiveness, their approach. And they were really able to confine the, the explosiveness of a guy like Lamar Jackson. All right, so let's listen in to Sean Desai earlier today on just what they have in their sights. Lamar Jackson. He, he's a unique and special talent, and you see why he's in the MVP conversation. He's you know deserving of that, uh, and his game has developed so much. They've done a great job there with him. Uh, obviously, his he can beat you with his feet. He can beat you with his arm, and he's, he's uh, throwing the ball accurately you know, over the top of the def defenders, and he's hitting a lot of underneath throws also. So he, he, I think he's playing the full complement of what you want a quarterback to play, like, in this league. You know, he can extend plays, obviously. And even when he's extending it, he's not like some, some other guys uh, where he's looking to run right away. You know, he's still looking to kind of gas you uh, in the pass game. And he's got the confidence to beat you in the run game. Now, the big thing about that all is that when he gets out, and he will, he'll get out of the pocket a little bit, or he'll make a play. The, the yards after contact and yards after the catch, that makes a difference because they got a kicker over there that can kick 66-yard field goals. So <coughs> when you get your chance to make these tackles and make these plays defensively, you got to make them in this game. Yeah, you, you have to make the tackles when the opportunity is presented. But you also have to condense the size and the space where these ball carriers, the receivers, and most 
notably the quarterback has a chance to escape to. So, you know, it's exciting when you hear Sean Desai talk about Lamar Jackson. That's the way I hope we're talking about Justin Fields eventually because he has those types of talents where he's going to hold the ball a little longer to try to make you pay in the long run, either throwing it or running on you. So it's a really exciting opportunity to watch these two quarterbacks at this this two stages of their careers. And I brought it up to you earlier this week, uh, Justin Fields' final drive in Pittsburgh because of the environment, what was at stake. They had a lead. They could have won the game on the final kick if they had had that offsides on Pittsburgh called, and maybe that kick would have been good from 60. Uh, it was right down the middle as it is. And I thought, you know what? This team has lost four in a row. Can they maintain focus? Will they want to go to work with eight games to go? Because it's a lot on the schedule yet. But I think that was answered when Tashawn Gibson was asked about that final drive about his offensive teammate, Justin Fields. Because I think these guys, Tom, are going to be engaged. Oh, yeah, I think that energized everybody. Seeing a drive like that, um, you know, obviously that's huge. That's huge for him. That's huge for his momentum. That's huge for the team. When you can have a quarterback that you, that, 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 that you know, man, long as we give him enough time, long as we give him the ball back, we know that good things going to happen. And that was just one of those things um, where, you know, I just felt confident that whole drive, that one going to make a play, that, that somebody on offense going to make a play, and they did just that. So, uh, like I say, that's just a testament to the growth that he's making um, from weeks three to now. And uh, you can't be more happy about that, man. He's trending up up in the right direction and you know it's it's in a perfect time for us to catch this stride and and you know we got some tough games ahead of us man but I wouldn't want him to catch this stride any other time than right now so he's doing what he got to do man to put us in position to win football games we just got to play complimentary complete football right now and that's it and that is a good point guys got to play complimentary football but do you agree with my premise that this team will be more engaged as long as and if Justin Fields continues to rise Uh, of course um you know, the, first of all, they know what's at, at stake individually for all of their jobs. However, when you have that type of effort, that type of future, and the explosiveness and the excitement he can contribute, oh, yeah, I, I think if these guys are uh, playing selfishly, then they're not going to worry about the big picture of this team. But I think he really is an element that is bringing a sense of excitement here that, uh, like you said, it carried into the second half of the Pittsburgh Steelers game, and that's one of the things that's most impressive because he never lost faith after some poor field position to start the game. Justin Fields coming off his two best performances as a Bear quarterback now goes up against the guy he's watched and studied, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Bears rookie right tackle Larry Borm. It's all ahead here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With my broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, the Super Bowl Bear Guard, I'm Jeff Joniak. Welcome back to Bears All Access here in Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Pleased to be joined by a fifth-round pick, a starter in his first year in the National Football League at right tackle, Detroit's very own and Mizzou's Larry Borm. Larry, thanks for taking the time out after practice here today to talk to Tom and I. We uh, we became aware of you at rookie minicamp, and we were like, hmm. We kept looking at each other like, hey, this guy, this guy now. Hold on now. This is, this is going to be interesting to see. And, and that has uh, been the case for you. Uh, it has been a steady climb, a couple blips along the way with some injuries and uh, the COVID situation, but – Larry, how has this journey been from the time you got to the Chicago Bears to where we're at right now? Oh, uh, like you said, I mean, I kind of went through a couple of things. It's kind of like a roller coaster. It's been 
Honestly, it's been great. <laughs> I really wouldn't change anything. I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason. So um, I've enjoyed it. I'm home. I mean, <laughs> I love everything about it. You know, Larry, uh, back in the day, I, Jeff hears this all the time. I was a fourth round draft choice and I was really disappointed I was drafting in the fourth round. When I first got my eye, when I first saw you, I was going, wow, this dude's a fifth rounder. Were you disappointed at being cho chosen in the fifth round or, I, I, you know, where did you have your sights set at that time? Honestly, I don't really think I thought too much of it. Always, I felt like I just needed to get my foot in the door. And that was just the first step of being able to do that, just being drafted, period, no matter where I was to go. Um, so I, don't, I wouldn't be disappointed. I wouldn't say that. So, you know, the offensive tackle, that's the money position. But I heard a lot of people talking about you possibly being an offensive guard and how they were evaluating you. Did you ever consider that you could be coming out of college as a guard or were your sights set on offensive tackle from the time you got here? Uh, honestly, I, I was set to play anything that needed me to play. But coming out of college, I mean, I knew what I could do personally. And just seeing different things about, like, athleticism and stuff like that, I kind of just didn't even really pay too much attention to it. I felt like I could still come out and play tackle. Well, what about the weight fluctuation? Because, you know, it's something when you see a guy get as big as what we, you were described as being – to the point when we saw you the first time in in shorts and a jersey, you said, "Man, this this guy's this guy's physically gifted and physically fit." Was it a challenge to change the weights, or can you do that easily? Um, when I first started it, I feel like it was just a mental challenge trying to really get into a strict diet. But now I feel like I learned my body that I can I can control it. It shouldn't be. It's not going to be an issue again. How strict was it, Larry? Because Hey, we all can use a little advice. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say necessarily strict. Uh, being out in California training, I mean, the options were, there were a lot of good options. Um, so really it was just me doing a lot extra as far as like extra conditioning and stuff just before workouts or maybe after workout, just trying to get an upper hand on what I need to handle. You know, when you're doing something like that and you're looking at a career as opposed to a sport, because there is a difference now. It is a business, and you're 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 bankrolling your future by getting yourself in the most perfect condition that you're possibly able to be, and then to perform on Sundays. So, but we all have weaknesses, man. I mean, we all have things we cheat on all the time with with food right. and and so forth. Uh, as you began to lose that weight, and at how it translated to your athleticism, then on the field and during your workouts. It, was that the motivator then to keep on going? Uh, I've run a marathon, and, you know, I've run two, as a matter of fact. But to get there, you know, and to stay there required uh, really some significant discipline that, frankly, right. I don't right. have. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, um, I'll say when, they, when I first started training and whatnot and really had my mind on it, it became addicting, like seeing the results. Seeing, seeing good results to me is always like a pleasure. So, at that point, I just, I kept wanting to do it. Hey, Larry, so Jeff mentioned that you're from Detroit, Michigan, and I'm not getting ahead of ourselves, but it's a game that I played in quite a few times, the Thanksgiving Day game in Detroit. Were you ever aware of that game, the the role, the importance of it growing up as a kid, or were you a fan of a different NFL team? Um, growing up, I mean, I knew there was a Thanksgiving game. <laughs> I, never, I never really understood the really – the why behind it, why it was so important. But, I mean, now I, I understand it. <laughs> so, 
so when when you go to these atmospheres like you know Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, one of the loudest environments that you'll go right. through, and some of the other opportunities, how has that transition been for you in terms of making sure that you understand the snap count, knowing that you're not going to be able to hear when you're at that exterior position on the offensive line? How right. has all that learning process been for you? And do you get advice um, from Jason about? you know, the subtlety of, of peripheral vision or watching your guard or the different aspects of staying on, on time? Uh, yeah, everyone's been been really helpful as far as tips and how to get off the ball <laughs> in an environment that, like you said, you can't hear anything. Um, to me, I really just tried to focus on it that whole week of practice beforehand, even if it included me jumping off maybe a little bit. But I just wanted to make sure that was my main focus because that's one of the key things to – <laughs> being a tackle being able to get off the ball. All right. What 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 one 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 what was a bigger thrill for you know you see you get you get to go against TJ Watt, you go against Nick Bosa. But right. shoot, man, you go to training camp, you line up against Khalil Mack, one of the first right. couple one-on-ones you go to. Did that help you process of the from the guys that you were gonna play against in regular season games? Oh yeah, most definitely. It was like a wake-up moment, kind of, for me. Like, every week, week in and week out, is going to be a superstar you're going against. You know, when you face these guys, we're Larry Borm, the Bears starting right tackle, getting ready for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday at Soldier Field. Uh, we'll have it on WBBM starting at 9 a.m. with our pregame noon, the kickoff. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. When, when you are facing veterans and you're in your early 20s, can you feel their strength? Can you feel the difference in their body types? I mean, you've got you got youthful exuberance and youthful enthusiasm, but when you face technicians that have worked their craft for years, can you feel that difference? Um, you can feel the difference. To me personally, I don't try to make it something bigger than it's it's still the game of football. And at the end of the day, I just fall back on my technique and they're just gonna they're gonna have to be me. Yeah, and it's a tough guy to get around, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you have, a, you have a basketball background. Obviously, that was your first love. Uh, we've talked sure. to you about that before in the past. Uh, it's almost like giving up one dream to chase another here. But has that basketball agility, the light on your feet, the, the way your feet move, uh, clearly is an athlete that has played other sports. Has, has it translated to football for you in ways that you could describe me? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, one, I mean, I'll say pass protection is all about footwork. Basketball is all about footwork. That, that's helped me a lot. I can say that's one thing that's really translated back and forth. So now, you know, you play on both sides of the ball, which is really unique for a rookie. You get the personality of Cody. You get the personality of James Daniels. Who right. in the process of the game talks to you more? Or are you just kind of staying, you know, they maybe fill in a, a phrase or a sentence, but is or do one of those two guys talk to you uh, more frequently than the other? No, I would say it's equal. We all try to just have that open line of communication, just being able to to talk, whether it's a call, whatever it may be, just have that open line. I would say it's about, about even. How about on the sideline? You know, you go back right to, you sit on the bench, you sit in your position, and then Coach Castillo is there, you know, in your face with the tablet and all the information. How was that relationship between you and he developed, and, and Donnie for that matter? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how has that relationship helped guide you in the early part of, you know, what could be a 10, 12-year career for yourself? Um, it's just grown a lot. He said he trusts me, has faith in me, and that's, that's the best thing you can ask for. So being able to come to the sideline and him talk to me and coach me up, I mean, I take it, take it in deeply. 
Larry, what has this line gone through, if you could describe to us? Because you've had uh, certain situations develop, obviously, with injury and uh, Jason coming right before the season. And just to come together, as you have, with a rookie quarterback and Justin Fields making that change and just the dips and, and, and peaks of a season, how could you describe what, what that group has gone through? Um, definitely went through some things, but I mean, we came together with a little mini brotherhood and our own position group. I mean, everyone's just prepared to have their jersey, their number called, and when they do, it's got to make the most of it. And you got another rookie, uh, your buddy in the uh, 2021 class, now getting yeah. back on the field. I, and I don't even know how to describe what, what he's gone through, Tevin Jenkins. Him getting back out there, man, I'm, I'm happy for him. <laughs> he's my guy, and that's, that's, that's that. I'm happy for him. All right, well, he'll be back soon, and uh, we'll see where he winds up. As the Bears get ready for the Ravens here for Week 11, back with more with Larry Borum with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. First, a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. The Bears matchup with the Ravens is brought to you by Cigna, the official partner of the Bears Salute to Service Initiatives. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer with our guest today, right tackle Larry Borum. Tommy? Larry, right before the break, Jeff talked about the development of the offensive line. And you guys have seen now four different running backs of the different styles of running. Um, but you're the quarterback specifically. You know, when you talk about Justin and his athleticism, his creativity, your responsibilities in pass protection, is there anything you guys got to talk about to make sure that, hey, we got to sustain the block a little bit longer or he could possibly get outside with such immediacy and you don't have eyes in the back of your head. How do you kind of develop an understanding of Justin Fields at the quarterback position? I've only played two games behind him. <laughs> well, in front of him, but um, with him being a quarterback, man, he can make a play out of anything. So, I mean, personally, and as a whole, we're all just, we have an understanding that we got to block. We got to block forever. Anything can happen. He can take off and run. He can throw it. Just, just got to be prepared for it. You know, so are you – content with your body style right now or, or is this something that we you know next year when we see you again I'm not getting ahead of myself but are you content with the body weight and the structure you're at right now or is there something you want to invest in the sports science department with Jen Gibson or going to the weight room with Jason or even footwork or, and technique with coach Castillo I mean technique footwork that's all that's always has to get better <laughs> for me personally I feel like that's a big thing to work on to continue to work on um, Body-wise, I'm content, but I want to just continue to tone up. I mean, that's probably about it. Larry Borm, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, the Missouri product, the native of Detroit. So, you know, digging back into your past a little bit, uh, tell me about that faded blue Chevy Venture, because that, uh, that was what you drove every day, I guess, uh, from your 16th birthday to your graduation from high school. But tell me the history yeah. of that and what that kind of symbolized a little bit. Um, That just symbolizes, man, the, the struggle, the, the hard work that, I mean, I had to put in. Um, driving that thing from point A to point B was literally just from point A to point B. It was not going <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> uh, it lasted me from when I first got my license to literally the last day of high school, my senior year. Uh, that last week up until then, when I would put it in park and go to turn the car off, it would start smoking from the front. <laughs> <laughs> and never understood why I never really cared to figure it out. I was like, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> A week or two. So after that, it was that was it. And the the backstory of it is, is the significance is is your mom, uh, Joelle, 
Am I pronouncing it right? Hersham? Hershman, yeah. Hershman, okay. Saved it from the scrapyard for 800 bucks, and it was probably yeah. the hardest 800 bucks you could scrap together and the best 800 bucks that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, that was definitely, that was, it was, see, we had to get it. <laughs> she found a way. I'm thankful for that. Uh, it opened up a lot of doors, too, for me, man. They were taking my sister to school before I went to school. And just different stuff like that. So it was it was well needed. <laughs> what what happened what happened to it in the long run? What happened to it? I think it gave out. It gave out, and I, I forgot what we did with it. But it definitely after that last week of school, like I think it had a couple more weeks, and that was it. It had like you two know, some thousand miles on it. <laughs> Larry, it's kind of funny because when first rounders get interviewed at the beginning, they all say, "Hey, what are you gonna buy?" You know, you're finally right. gonna come into some money. But when you're a fourth and fifth rounder, that question's rarely asked. Exactly. <laughs> have you have you um, purchased anything? Have you like rewarded yourself or even something practical that you know that hey man, you you you've really accomplished a lot in a short amount of time? Um, I got a car, but that's that's about it. <laughs> that that's about it. Uh, Durango, uh, I was proud of that. That was my gift to myself and. I mean, I'm not really into splurging right now. Right. <laughs> like you said, it's still a lot of work to be done. When you think of 17 games in an NFL season, from what you've gone through in, in college and the amount of games you played, does 17 in one year seem a lot to you mentally? Or, you know, you're a young cat, man. You should be able to go as, <laughs> you know, as, as long right. as you need to. Um, personally, I'm trying to take it one week at a time. So I don't really want to think about it as a whole 17 as far as just this game and the next. That's it. Larry Borum, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. So uh, I would imagine a guy of your size uh, had a lot of nicknames. I saw Quiet Giant. Is Was that a popular oh, yeah. one? <laughs> but, uh, uh, in college, yeah, that was my mom's name. <laughs> oh, that, your mom called you the Quiet Giant. Yeah. <laughs> hey, t- t- tell us more about your mom and, and what impact she had on you, and man, why you're Oh, uh, man, she's... Uh, a one-of-a-kind, wonderful lady. She worked seven days a week growing up uh, as a waitress from 6 a.m. to about 2, 3. She was an open shift. Uh, sometimes she worked doubles. Man, she sacrificed <laughs> every day just to be able to get me to a point where I could take it and run with it and be able to support them. So she, she means the world to me. You know, my mom was a waitress, too. When I was growing up as a kid, I come from a big family, a lot of kids. And I want to say sometimes there were doggy bags that came from the the restaurant. Oh yeah, that was some of the good food we got. <laughs> yeah. What's it like growing up in Detroit? And uh, were you a huge Pistons guy? Uh, growing up in Detroit, I mean it's 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 a tough city. It, it is what it is. You got to make the most of it. Uh, growing up, I was a Pistons fan um, until recently, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> You go, you coming over to our side? Oh yeah, most definitely. It's a, it's a fun team. Have you watched the Bulls play yet this year? I haven't watched, but I've been keeping up with it. They're they're going crazy right now. Wow, <laughs> you got to get yourself over United Center one of these days because uh, oh, yeah. they they got something going on right now. That's for sure. Was it hard giving up your dream of basketball? Um, man, it was at first just because I know like the background behind it, and I really that's all I knew. Still, football was still relatively new to me so basketball is like oh, I, I know what I'm doing right now um and having to give that up it was it was tough but I mean it paid off you recall the best game you ever had on the court 
or a big moment, one you'll never forget? One I'll never forget. Uh, I had two of the game tying tips to send us into double overtime. One game, and that was that was probably my most cool moment. I was like, what uh, would you say? is a, an adjective to describe what this draft class is like. Are you guys tight? And, and, and how do you guys look at – because you got a, you got a franchise quarterback here in Justin right. Fields, so it's also about the future. So do you guys as a group uh, have that bond and do you even, like, talk about becoming the new new leaders down the road? Um, We're all just focused on this season right now, really just trying to work. That's it and put out what we can do. Um, but we're definitely close. We're I call them my brothers. We're all close. We got to talk Ravens because uh, they like to blitz now. So are you prepared for this, and, and what will be the challenge with that? Uh, they bring a lot of different things. They're a funky defense. They like to do a, different, a lot of different things. But, I mean, excuse me, we have our our plan for it, and just going to prepare for that and fall back on that. You know, Larry, when you have an opportunity to hear the, the cadence come out of Justin's mouth, does it increase your ability to get off the ball or when you can't hear it, when you said you're just coming off on a time, is there kind of a different uh, flow to your game when you can hear the snap count at home and you cannot on the road? Um, not, no, I want to say not, not necessarily. Um, it's definitely easier to get off the ball when you can hear it. But also with the solid count, I mean, I'm looking at the ball and it's kind of, it's, it's hard, but it's, it's not that hard. Larry, we got uh, five quick ones, and we'll let you go. These are just quick hitters. Have fun with you a little bit. Uh, who's your favorite hooper of all time? Uh, Jordan. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the goat. There's no, no debate. Uh, is there a food you have to eat before a game because you just have to do it because it's your routine? No. Uh, <laughs> favorite comedian? Uh, probably Kevin Hart. Kevin and Williams. Dream vacation spot? Dream vacation spot. Um... I have not been to many places. Uh, where would I want to go? Probably an island or something like that. Well, no, how about the How about the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas? <laughs> that, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's a good. That's a good thing to wind us up. Appreciate you taking the time today. No problem. I appreciate y'all. That's thanks, Larry, Larry Bourne right, with Tom Thayer and I coming up next. We'll join by the voice of the Baltimore Ravens, Jerry Sandusky, here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, kind enough to be joined by the voice of the Baltimore Ravens, Jerry Sandusky, man who wears many, many hats, but working that microphone for the always talented and always dangerous Ravens is his specialty. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Uh, You know, this team... The first thing Matt Nagy talked about is, you know, get ready for another punch-in-your-face kind of game against an AFC North opponent with the Bears already faced the first three in that division, and now you're the fourth. And then, yeah, you know, this team has three overtime wins. So that sticks out to him. What sticks out to you about the 2021 Ravens? Well, the, the biggest thing, Jeff, that sticks out to me is that I, I never know what to expect. And thank God I'm not a better because I'm wrong every time. I, I never know what this team is going to produce. I mean, like, you know, a 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions. That didn't see that coming. Getting getting upset in Miami. That didn't see that coming. Demolishing the Chargers. Didn't see that coming. And getting demolished by the Bengals. So I, I just this is the most unpredictable Ravens team I think I've ever been around. And I'm hoping that as they get a little bit more healthy this week, they start to be the Ravens we expected, which is a ground-first offense 
and a defense that's strong in takeaways because we just have not seen that consistently. Well, Jerry, you talk about being unpredictable, but the most predictable thing about your football team is Lamar Jackson's the most explosive player on your team. But do you think he has too much on his plate? Leading rusher, leading passer, quarterback of your team. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. The, the Team doesn't put too much on Lamar. My concern is that Lamar puts too much on Lamar. And what I mean by that is if you go back and you look at his days at Louisville, he had a really bad offensive line. He had some inconsistent wide receivers. They were iffy in the backfield. And so he always felt like he had to do more. And Lamar can do so much, but he's, he's no different than any other athlete. If you get outside of your window of what you should be doing, invariably things break down. And so you know, if you look at some of his, his turnovers, some of his mistakes, it's never because he's, he's just sloppy or he's, he's careless. It's always because he's trying to push the boundaries a little farther than he should. And that's why you know, this week they get Pat McCarry back at right tackle. They get Latavius Murray back in the backfield. And I'm hoping it, it, it gets Lamar back to just be Lamar, make the plays that present themselves, and don't worry about trying to do more than one guy, even one guy named Lamar, can do. You guys have a lot of injuries that are highly publicized around the league. On your offensive side of the ball, if it was the offensive line or, or running back and you needed that position to be healthy, which one of those two positions is it for you? For me, it's offensive line. You know, over the years, we've seen a lot of guys who were not a high draft picks become special running backs on teams that had great offensive lines. It, it, pro football has evolved, it's changed, it's gone from running to passing, different schemes. At the end of the day, you win every Sunday starting with winning at the point of attack. When the Ravens win at the point of attack, they dictate the terms, they get the running game going, the pass action flows off of that, and then Lamar becomes a nightmare. But when their offensive line breaks down, teams are starting to figure out how to contain Lamar. If the running game doesn't get going, they become as one-dimensional as anybody else. So I think it's easier to find fill-in replacements in the backfield than it is on the, on the offensive line. Jerry Sandesky, our guest here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Tom there, Jeff Joniak with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, we were both, and we've talked about it, Tom and I, since the game last Thursday, just really impressed by what Miami did at the line of scrimmage defensively for the entire game. I mean, it was basically, as Tom described, a two-level defense and really took away all the exits for Lamar and made him hurry everything and really shut things down. Did you see that coming? And uh, do you now think that every team is going to be trying to do something like that? Not every team's scheme is equipped to do that or have the guts to do that, but they certainly did. So, so no, I, I didn't see that coming because on a Thursday, you know, you just never really are sure what teams are going to do. And I think Thursday factored very much into that. And the Dolphins deserve a ton of credit for having a very aggressive package in place on Thursday, far more aggressive than they had been. Uh, look, they're number two in the NFL in blitzes this year, so it's not completely out of character. But they did so much cover zero. And because the Ravens had the combination, again, Tom and I were just talking about the idea that they didn't have Pat McCarry, who's their backup right tackle. Alejandro Villanueva at left tackle is their right tackle. So they're three deep on the depth chart at right tackle. And you're you're looking at all running backs who were not a part of this team's plans in training camp. So you're, you're having all kind of blitz pickup issues. Lamar has no time. And the receivers did not do a great job of beating their man. So, you know, those three things will, will blow up an offense every time. To your other point, I think it's a little bit like a baseball player who gets elevated from AAA to the majors. And if they figure out he can't hit the curveball, he's going to get a steady diet of curves until he does. 
Ravens will probably see a lot of cover zero until they prove they can beat it. All right, so just tell me exactly what we're expecting from a, a defense that is uh, really engineered to do the same thing to an opposing quarterback, and that's blitz from all angles because until he proved he could hang in there, evade, or make a big play down the field, I was concerned with Justin Fields being able to, to identify and deal with the blitzes, so I guess he should be ready for it. I would say so. If you, if you if you look at what what Wink Martindale has done against rookie quarterbacks since Wink became the defensive coordinator four years ago, it is a steady diet of blitzes, and it's not just cover zero blitzes. Justin Fields isn't going to just see nine on the line and they're all coming. He's going to see six on the line. He'll see seven on the line. He'll see three on the line and they'll rush five. He's going to see blitz packages that he's not seen before, and they're designed to just kind of put a little brain freeze on a young quarterback. Now. It doesn't work in the second and third year, but these are he see he will see blitzes on Sunday that he hasn't seen before. They're designed to build in a little hesitancy. He, however, has escapability. He's a great athlete. He reminds me as I watched tape on him this this week. He reminds me of a young, more slender version of Cam Newton. He's got the big arm. He can he can wing it. He's does, he's not afraid at all to tuck and run. And he's and he's a he's a straight line runner. You know Lamar. He's like an Etch-A-Sketch. He's all over the place. But Justin Fields, is he picks his direction, he goes, and, and he runs with, with decisiveness. So, yes, the Ravens are going to bring blitz packages, but they have to bring in discipline because Justin Fields has shown now he can figure out what the escape routes are and he can get positive yards. You know, at the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers game, Matt Nagy trotted out Cairo Santos for a 65-yard attempt. You guys have the best kicker in the league. To me, I wanted to see him throw a Hail Mary. When you saw what he did with the 66-yarder earlier this year, are you okay with those types of attempts again for Justin Tucker? Or, you know, does it depend on field conditions? You know, obviously, if the weather was deteriorating at the end of the year, it may be different. But you got to have a lot of confidence in that kid from those types of distances. Yeah, I mean, Tucker's got 17 game-winning field goals. He he hasn't missed a 50-yarder, I think his last 12 tries. He hasn't missed in the fourth quarter or overtime in, in some absurd length of time. So, so yeah, there's a huge built-in factor. But when, when you go to look what Nagy did and what John Harbaugh does in Detroit, the leadership decision in those situations is never, okay, do we try to run a play here or do we eat burritos and call it a day? It's, you know, it's never, it's always, a, it's always a choice between the unpalatable and the impossible. A, a Hail Mary realistically is, is virtually impossible. So, you know, you got to make that decision on the fly. And I have no, I have no problem with, with what Nagy or Harbaugh did in that. Yeah. It's, it's improbable that, that Santos is going to hit a 65 yarder, but darn if he didn't put it off the crossbar. It's improbable that Justin Tucker's going to hit a 66-yarder, but darn if he didn't bounce it off the crossbar. I think you got a better shot with a strong leg kicker than you do with Hail Mary. Just so you know, it didn't hit the crossbar. They were they, When you watch it from a different angle, it looked like it did. So I thought I missed it, too. I'm like, the next day, I'm like, oh, please, Mother Mary, no. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a big story. If, no, it was five yards short, but the beauty of that play, Jerry and Tom, is that the Bears really did deserve an offsides penalty on number 90, TJ. He was lined up offsides. Oh. That would have been five yards, and I believe that kick would have been good, and we would have been talking about a whole different coming out of the bye week with momentum story on the Bears, Tommy, because that, that would have made it. It was right down the middle. He would have yeah. made it if he had that kick. And uh, Jeff brings up a great point. 
when you're when you're trying a hail mary, I've never seen a defense jump offside in a hail mary because mm-hmm. they got eight guys deep. But right. in a game-winning field goal, even though it's a 65, 66 yarder, guys are amped up. I mean, those guys those guys are trained to come just hand in the dirt, come flying in. And if you can get one guy to flinch, all of a sudden now you're in a better situation that a hail mary is not going to put you in. Your tight end's pretty explosive. It seems like they're trying to get Cole Komet to the point where Mark Andrews is right now. Is Mark Andrews the most important guy out there? Uh, I would say he is because he's the most diverse. He, he can he can do a lot of different things, whether it's over the middle, whether it's on the flat, whether it's blocking and releasing. He, he's he's extremely gifted. And Mark Andrews has, has a, a talent that I don't know you can coach. And I remember the very first minicamp practice I saw of him. And look, what's more misleading, right, than watching guys in minicamp the first time as rookies? <laughs> and I and I looked to a scout and I said, "What did you guys see in that Mark Andrews? He, he, there's nothing about him. It didn't look explosive. It didn't look. He, he, there was nothing that really jumped out. And he said, "You're not going to see it when they're in shorts. You got to wait until they're in pads and helmet. And you're going to see this kid has the most uncanny ability to find the hole in the defense, whether it's man to man, whether it's zone." Whether it's cover two, cover three, cover four, he just has a knack for finding the open space. And darn if that scout wasn't right. And that's what makes Mark Andrews so dangerous. It's not I'm like he's got good size, he's got good speed, he's got good hands. But he has this intangible, and he's on the same wavelength with Lamar. He just knows sometimes where to break off the route, where the defense is going to be vulnerable, and he knows how to get there, and Lamar knows how to get him the ball. So I would actually say he is more valuable than Hollywood, as good as Hollywood is. You can, you can go to Mark Andrews first and 10, second and five, third and three, and he's going to find a way to get open. All right, last question. We'll let you go, Jerry. Appreciate it all the time. What, from a Ravens perspective, as you're analyzing this and watching the tape of the Bears, what things do you uh, circle about this team that would concern the Ravens? Well, I think you got a, I think you got a good pass rush. I think you're really athletic in the secondary. I, I think you're going to do a I think we'll see a lot of cover one, especially after the success the Dolphins had with cover zero. And so I think some of your corners are going to match up really well. And, and look, the biggest thing I see is six and three versus three and six. I understand at three and six, Nagy's probably under a lot of job pressure and people are down on the Bears and I get all that. But when you're three and six, you're almost playing with house money. When you're six and three and you're in first place and you haven't been playing that great in two of your last three games, the pressure starts to build a little bit. So I, I think the Ravens are going to see a very aggressive Bears team that whether they think they have anything to lose or not, they're not expected to win this game. And to me, the most dangerous opponent is the one who has nothing to lose. And that, to me, is what concerns me about the Ravens going to Soldier Field. Nice synopsis. Appreciate your time, Jerry. We'll see you on Sunday, all right? Sounds good, guys. Great visiting with you. That's Jerry you, Sandusky, Jerry. the voice of the Baltimore Ravens. Tom and I with one segment to go to put finishing touches on the matchup. Be back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People to get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, wrapping things up in our final segment tonight, getting ready for the Bears and Ravens. Uh, the headliners, obviously, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields because of their similarities, mobility, athleticism, speed, what they can do to create plays. And I've been impressed with Lamar becoming a passer because you always wondered if that was going to be a- an area that he was going to excel in. But he's looking to throw the ball even when he leaves the pocket, Tom, and looking to go deep. And he's using that tight end, Mark Andrews. He's using Hollywood Brown. He's using everything to his disposal. He's got a great arm. You know, the thing about it, he's, he's got a strong arm that can be precise, can be accurate, can throw a fireball to a lofted ball downfield. He's got such escapability 
that he can run away if there's a, a loose defender coming at him. Um, Miami kind of took a little bit of that away from him and didn't give him the luxury of time. But if you have a defensive game plan that gives him any luxury of time, he'll make you pay with the arm, feet, mind, ability, anything that he needs at that that moment. So Bengals did something like that as well, not exactly like Miami. Hey, Detroit, they held him to 58 rushing yards and 16-31 passing. So he, he loves to check down, loves to go to the bubble screens. Uh, he did it nine times at or behind the line of scrimmage against Miami. Miami was reading every bit of it, though. So now... Bears defense got to be on their guard because. But he, he, you, so in Detroit, you're saying they held him to yeah, 58 yards. Right. I know that's the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about holding Barry Sanders the 58 yards rushing or Walter Payton. You're talking about holding the quarterback, and a stick is still a heck of an effort by him. Yeah, indeed. All right, so Bill Lazor this week on the Bears Coaches Show on Monday night uh, basically said how the Bears stopped the Ravens pressure package, like we alluded to in the first segment tonight. We'll say a lot how successful or not the Bears passing game will be. To me, all those things are going to keep developing for them, you know, and, and uh, week to week it's going to be a little bit different challenge. These guys will, will they'll be challenging in, in his ability to defeat the blitz. I and mean, that'll be the number one thing, both in how we protect it and then how he handles it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And that's true every week, but for some reason against uh, Wink Martindale, it just has my attention a lot more. Yeah, you know the thing about it is if you're not successful running the ball, you have no success. You're not going to have any chance at all. Because if you sit in there trying to get third and sevens and third and eights all afternoon, Jeff, they're going to open up and they're going to explode into your backfield because they're going to try to take away that time for Justin, like we talk about taking away time for Lamar. So this is one thing, you know, one of those game plans where it, Bill's going to have to be committed and get the running game to help you as much as possible. You know what really impresses me? Uh, Darnell Mooney, we've talked to him plenty of times, but hearing Justin Fields this week say that he's got to maybe step up his game of preparation because he watches Mooney and how much he gets ready. And he's getting ready every day at home, on the practice field. That, that is a leader brewing right here, and I like where his mindset is heading into the final eight games. Definitely feel, you know, uh, a little motivated, you know, going into the second or well, the half, the second half of the season. Um, just putting the first half behind me and uh, just try to, you know, start this this second half as if, as if it's a, a totally different new season. And in some respects, you have to do it that way. But for these young guys, these young guys on this team, guys that know they're going to be here because of their draft status, their contract status or whatnot, they, they are still building for a future, which includes Justin Fields as the quarterback. And on the defensive side of the ball, a guy like Roquan Smith, who uh, at some point will get a long-term contract extension, 25 years of age. These two guys are becoming the faces of your franchise moving forward, and I think there is plenty to play for here. No matter what the, the rumor mill or any other things that, that go on around them, they got to focus and play elevated football here in the final eight games well, beginning Sunday. I guarantee you this, Larry Borm, Sam Mustafer, Cody Whitehair, James Daniels, that whole group of guys, Cole Komet, they're not thinking about anything other than improving their efforts week in and week out that lead to wins that get them into a division opportunities where they go to the playoffs. If your sights are set on anything else than that, then you're kind of wasting all of our time. So I like the attitude. I like what 
the reflection of the way they need to work during the week to get, you know, to put these guys in the best possible position. And the exciting part of it is, is to watch the continuous development of Justin Fields and how he factors in every one of those other guys I just mentioned. All right, so special teams, you know it's going to be an important part of this. So Devin DuVernay, uh, 24.6 on kick returns, 16.3 on punt returns. He's number one in the NFL. It has the attention of Chris Tabor. Does it have your attention and Justin Tucker and Sam Cook, the punter? They're very good. 93% chance of rain on Sunday. Special teams is always a concern to me <laughs> because you talk about the different types of, you know, windy, uh, you know, lakefront wind at this time of year. If it is rainy and um, John Harbaugh is an ex-special teams coach who's their head coach, I think there's a lot of little dynamics to the special teams battle uh, that could you know, happen on Sunday if, if those types of points matter. Uh, are you concerned about the health of the Bears' defense right now? Uh, again, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and Eddie Jackson still working through some things. I am. I am, you know, I am probably most about Khalil because I'm a little underwhelmed by Travis Gibson and Sam Kamara, what they've contributed from a real, you know, pass-to-quarterback type pressure that Khalil's always expected to have. So, you know, if Khalil can't play, I want to see better out of those guys because what I saw out of Travis Gibson at training camp, I have higher expectations for his ability. Anything uh, on the offensive side of the ball that you feel the Bears can exploit on the Baltimore side of the defense to wrap us up tonight? You know, I, I still think using multiple tight end packages and somehow get Jimmy Graham involved in the red zone a little bit if you get yourself down there because, it you know, when uh, – A-Rob talked about chemistry a couple weeks ago with or without Justin. You know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of chemistry with Justin and and, uh, Jimmy in in the red zone. So you give him one or two opportunities and you make teams aware of him, it's going to open it up for everybody else. Well, certainly opening up for Cole Komet. Indeed, Bears have their two-pronged running attack and maybe Damian Williams back in the mix as well. And uh, the offensive line ready to roll. As the Bears get ready for the Ravens, Tom, we'll see you at the field. I'll be there. All right, Tom Thayer, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks again to our producers, Dan Brilli and Jordan Trudup, and the folks at The Score. We'll talk to you next time on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody.